a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Thirty years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster. Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown and Young Guns, Billy Derrick and Michael Sindrick. And now, here's your host, George Plaster. Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. It is, again, a beautiful Wednesday in Nashville, Tennessee. We're almost to the middle of November, and you couldn't ask for much better weather. That's the good news. The bad news is it's all going to end starting on Saturday when temperatures drop about 25 degrees from what we've been at, which has been mid to upper 70s. Got a good show for you today. Let's get it started Call roll and say hello to Coach Watson Brown, who joins us from up on the plateau. Watson, how are you? George, I'm doing good. It makes me think with Vanderbilt headed to Kentucky this weekend. It was always cold when we went to Lexington to play those guys. We always played them late in the year. And I can vividly remember with Coach Smitto, one of the coldest days of my life was playing baseball up there one day. I swear I had on eight jackets when we'd come off the field. Uh, just brutally cold. So I promise you it'll be cold in Lexington this weekend. And, you know, in the old days, before they had artificial turf at Commonwealth, uh, their their grass would turn totally white. Yeah, it was tan, and they colored their lines blue. So it was <laughs> yes, they did. They kept, their lines were blue. Their numbers were blue. Uh, so it was the weirdest field to walk out on before a game. You just weren't used to it. We had a game when I was broadcasting Vandy where the punter, Bill Marin Angel, was the player of the game. That is never a good sign. No, that's – I've had a few of those, yeah. Not good. Not a good sign. No. Billy, how are you today? Georgia, I'm great. 2008 Music City Bowl. Bryant Honfelt 
the punter for Vandy was the MVP in that one, too. He was also a good field goal kicker. He was, too, yeah. Yeah. But this is fall in Nashville, this weather. Hopefully Memorial Gym on Friday is in a sauna with the weather cooling off. Maybe. So you've got a, a freebie on? Uh, Yeah, this is an old freebie, uh -huh. George. Yep. Ave Maria, if we can get closer on it, I don't know if we can. <laughs> that's that's the extent yeah. of that design right okay. there. Okay. <laughs> they really spared no oh, expense yeah. on that. Uh, <laughs> Neither <let's>, did I. <laughs> I believe that. You knew where you were going to work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's With me. Let's <laughs> check in with Terry McCormick and get our daily Titans update. Terry, your whole yes, face so is in the picture. This is great. Oh, uh, You know, adjustments, adjustments. You know, what you've had a couple of days would probably have done well for me. About half the About face half covered. Face. Try to do what I can. You know, back in the days when we had to wear masks, George, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, about half a face was all you could see. Yeah, and I looked better than I had ever looked. So let's get to the Ryan Tannehill stuff. He talked today. And I know he said he's getting better. What do you think that means? I think it means he may be finally trending in the right direction, George. Uh, he was out there today. You know, the last couple of weeks, they've put out this ruse of limited practice uh, for Ryan Tannehill. But today, even though he was limited, he actually did some stuff in front of the media while the practice part was open for us. He did some dropbacks, did a few throws. Now, I don't know because they shoo us away once the real practice starts. So he may have uh, gone inside and, uh, you know, rehabbed the ankle some more and not done anything else. But today, at least, he looked like he was at least – involved and uh, taking part the same way that the other quarterbacks were. Now, he didn't do anything very strenuous while we were out there in the open portion, but at least it looks like it's a step in the right direction for Tannehill. What did you call it, a ruse? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go back to word wealth on that one. Yes. So I, I sense from the way you're talking – you don't think it's 50-50 he plays against Denver? He's got a decent chance. That's obviously that uh, going to have to wait and see what transpires over the next day or two. If he goes right back tomorrow and he's not doing anything, then, you know, we may be back to square one or close to it on this deal. But if he keeps progressing throughout the week, I think he at least might have a shot to suit up and give it a go on Sunday. What are you hearing on Jeffrey Simmons? Well. He didn't practice today, and I saw him in the locker room, and he was limping with a boot on his left foot. Yeah. So, you know, just judging from that, that's not a great look. But it's still just Wednesday. So, it, you know, he hasn't practiced the last couple of weeks, but he's been able to go out there on Sunday and really play effectively. So, you know, Jeffrey Simmons is one of those rare breeds that doesn't take a whole lot of practice time sometimes for him to go out there and play at a high level, uh, even if he's, you know, not close to 100%. So, I guess that's a wait-and-see situation, too. But, you know, being in a walking boot is not a good early sign. Watson, I may have to look up a ruse, but I know what a gamer is, and Jeffrey Simmons' picture is right underneath the word gamer. I would say there are some offensive dudes for the Broncos that are watching that close. They don't want to see him, I can tell you. I can't say I, I can't blame say him. I'm so, Terry, does it sound like we got some better news on Burks today? 
He was activated into his window of preparation to see if he can come back from the toe injury. He was out there on the practice field. He ran some routes, looked pretty good uh, during individual work. Uh, he was seemingly, you know, cautiously optimistic that uh, he might be able to give it a go on Sunday. Said he would just have to see where things stand throughout the week. But I think, you know, getting him back can only help this passing offense, which really kind of bottomed out Sunday night in Kansas City, only completing five passes and none to a wide receiver. So anything he could give them would certainly be welcome at this point. Okay. Anything else on your end? Well, the day was basically a kind of a, a glorified walkthrough, it looked like, from what we got to see because they had so many guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, playing so many staffs. There are 17 players listed on the injury report with some ailment or other uh, in terms of, you know, getting ready for this ball game. Some of that, I think, is probably, you know, just how physical and how, you know, emotional and all that that game was in Kansas City in terms of, you know, just how much they had to put into it. And some guys, you know, even Kevin Byer, who practiced today, said, you know, that he was worn out, but he would be fine by Sunday. So I think they're taking it easy. Uh, and going through more mental reps than physical reps on the practice field for a day or so and, and try to get these guys' legs and bodies back. Terry, appreciate it as always. Good report, and uh, go Braves. Oh. Wow. All you get is a smile. I know, I tried. He's not fighting back as much anymore, no. though. No, he knows. His team's got some issues. But then again, neither are you. <laughs> no, no, I've sort of toned it down a little bit because we are no longer the defending world champions. No, you, you can't fall back on it anymore, George. Hadn't felt like it for about three weeks, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that was the Daily Titans update with Terry McCormick, sponsored by Sumner Funeral and Cremation. They are sharing their family with yours in your time of need, now with two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville. You can also find them online at SumnerFuneral.com. Don't forget about the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. They are proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. Give them a call at 615-906-8458. All right, we start today's update with Josh Allen. Uh, Bills head coach Sean McDermott says Allen will miss practice due to an injury to his throwing elbow, but he could play against Minnesota this weekend in a huge game for Buffalo. Watson, obviously this is a big, big deal in Buffalo, but their saving grace is Case Keenum, in my opinion, is one of the two or three best backup quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, but he's not Josh Allen. There's no. a major drop. There's a major drop off, and that it concerned me when I saw the play live. Yeah, and uh, that the way his elbow bent back, you don't elbow ligaments are not a good thing. They're not a good thing at all, and they sometimes take a lot longer to heal than you think. And now he is one tough dude. I think he'd try to throw right through it. He threw a ball about 70 yards second play after he heard it. I know. But I promise you he's sore. That that the sore elbows are not a good thing for, for throwers, pitchers or quarterbacks. Next I hope piece. they I hope they can get him healthy because he's fun to watch. Oh he's I think he's the most fun guy in the league because he'll just flat take it and run over you. It's it's exactly what I think Malik Willis could do as a runner. I think he's big and strong enough just to run like a tailback. I mean, oh, that, that, 
that sweep that uh, Josh Allen ran the other day for a touchdown, it looked like a tailback carrying the ball. He ran over the safety <laughs> to get in the end zone. <laughs> so, I mean, he's, he's, he's my favorite one in the league to watch play. Another big, strong quarterback, Matthew Stafford. He is in concussion protocol. Uh, Rams quarterback uh, Stafford is. McVay said, uh, said that this week. He entered the protocol on Tuesday after consulting with the Rams medical staff. So tough Blake break there for, uh, for the Rams. Watson, you worry about this because he has taken a beating and he does not have Josh Allen's physique, you know, of, of Godzilla coming at you. No, and, the, and there's a few years between them, too. And uh, he's getting protected about like he did in Detroit. He ought to be used to this. Uh, but they, they they don't look like anywhere close to the same same oh. team they were in last year, went, you know, going going deep. I, I don't know. I, I feel for him because he's – man, has he been hit a few times in the NFL. Can you name one you think's been hit more than him that's still no, playing? Not in a while. I'd say he is the top dog on on hits playing quarterback in the NFL. Next meanwhile, case, meanwhile, the Brooklyn Nets have hired Jacques Vaughn as their head coach uh, with a deal through the 2023-24 season. He had been serving as their inter- interim head coach since replacing uh, former coach Steve Nash. So it got out last week that they wanted to hire Ime Udoka, who is on a year-long suspension by the Celtics. Well, that went over uh, like a total lead balloon. That place is a three-ring circus. If Jacques Vaughn can get their locker room straightened out, God help him. He'll be the NBA coach of the year. Yeah, I'm not sure who can do that. Uh <laughs> But people around there say that with Kyrie Irving suspended, that that has lightened the mood in their locker room considerably. Yeah, but how long is he going to be suspended, do you think? Uh, Honestly, I'm not convinced he'll ever play again in Brooklyn. Uh, I don't don't know. I think they've had it up to here with The the word suspended opens doors. Oh, sure it does. I've heard suspended many times. And usually when you say the word suspended, they reappear somewhere along the way. (laughs) Well said. Last piece here. Dusty Baker is going to return as the Astros manager next season. Fresh off his World Series win, he has agreed to a one-year contract to remain with the team. So, George, this might be kind of a, I don't know, maybe a last tour here for for Dusty Baker. He's 73 Look, I'm not happy the Braves didn't win it all, but I'm happy for Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker was in the on-deck circle when Hank Aaron hit home run number 715, a former Brave who has gone on to a long and very distinguished managerial career. Watson, this was his first ring, and I'm happy for him. Yeah. he, he is. You listen to everybody talk everywhere he's been. He is a well thought of with the players and respected man. And uh, so he deserved one. Um, I'm surprised he's going again. Maybe he thinks they're just really good and he wants to try it one more time with a really good team. I don't know, but I, I mean, I I really thought that would be it, but good for him. That's what he wants to do. 100% behind him. He's, he's basically my age and he's earned it. 
Go yeah, get I, after winning the World Series, he said he wishes Hank Aaron was still alive to to see it. He yeah. said he was really imp- important and impactful in his career. Um, I didn't know that, George. On deck. On deck. Wow. In fact, if you if you see film when Hank Aaron hits it, Dusty Baker raises his hand. He knew it was gone. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Here's a little bit of what we're going to do today. In this four o'clock hour, we're going to get knee deep into what's going on at Vandy, not only in football, but in basketball and where this thing is headed. Then we'll get Watson's evaluation of where the football team either is or is not around 445. Then at five o'clock, Bill Hancock, the man who runs the college football playoff system, he is the executive director We'll get into a wide range of things with him, including asking him about Nashville's chances with a dome stadium to someday host the national championship. Stay tuned. This is Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes, 
Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Barner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. In about a 48-hour period, I was able to attend two of Vanderbilt's sporting events. Saturday night, I went to their football game against South Carolina, which was fairly depressing. And then Monday night, I had the, uh, I guess, distinction of being the only person in the gym who could say, I've been the play-by-play announcer of both teams, Vandy, back then it was Memphis State, now University of Memphis, walked in very excited about the fact that these two teams would start playing each other. I think they should. I think it's a great rivalry that really has been off and on for years. But then you walk in Memorial Gym, which has been one of my favorite places. I grew up in that gym. Sorry about the phone. I need to remember to turn that baby off. Watson, go ahead and say it. What would happen if Billy did that? Oh, well, what would happen if I did that? We'd be we'd be yard dog. <laughs> you think I wouldn't dog. understand if it happened to you? Huh? You don't think I would understand if it happened to you? No. There would be no sympathy. No whatsoever. Turn that blankety blank phone off. Fine. Poor old Terry. How many times did poor Terry do it? <laughs> he did do it. He did do it. He, had, he had more than once. He got <laughs> no. some dirty looks. He got he got roughed pretty good. <laughs> anyway, Watson, I, I walked in Monday night very excited about that and was absolutely stunned when I walked into Memorial Gym. It's one of the great old arenas in the country, but it was turned into a sweatshop on Monday night. I don't know that I've ever been to a game in that gym where it was more uncomfortable and more unbearable. And it really sort of brings me back where I'm going with this. I want Candace Lee to succeed. I like her. I think she's trying very hard to change the narrative. But in trying to change the narrative, you need some things to happen. You need your two most revenue-producing sports to do some level of winning. I'm talking about football, men's basketball. And as we're going to see in a moment, Watson, she's not getting any help in that area whatsoever. No, George, I've been on both sides of it. I've been a coach 
trying to coach teams to, to win. And then I've been the AD hoping my teams did win. And um, they go together. You, you, you can be the best salesman in the world, but if you don't have a product to sell, it's really hard to make money. It's hard to make sales. And uh, it, it, it's been a tough go here for, for quite a while. Let, let's look first at football, at the graphic we've got. And as you'll see in the last four years, eight wins out of 42 games, one in 29 in the Southeastern Conference. Now, I put squarely most of the blame on this at, um, at Derek Mason. I don't know what level of recruiting he was doing in the last two years, but what Clark Lee walked into, and I've said this many times, was a mid-level OVC talent. It was embarrassing. It probably the worst power five situation I had ever seen. And I put very little of the blame on him for that. But Watson, when you look at those numbers, that's hard to sell tickets. No, I mean, the numbers are the numbers. What are you going to say? You're one in 29. You're on a 20, what is it now, George? 27 or 26. I'm not sure what the number is. Losing streak in the conference. And, you know, it, it all, it just, it's hard because it all goes together. If when you if you went with the team to Lexington this weekend and you saw the facilities that that place has built and what that place looks like, I've been there when it wasn't like that. I've played them and I've coached against them when it wasn't like that. And they were very similar to us in a lot of ways. And then all of a sudden they go out and they do it. They put together an SEC facility and you come back and see what's in Nashville compared to that, George, then that's not fair either. So it, it, there, there's a lot that goes into this. But when the product is 1 in 29, then it's really hard to sell it. It's hard to sell season tickets. It's hard to sell gifts. It's hard to sell marketing pieces. Lord, I've done it all as an AD, and I know how it feels when you don't walk in a in an office to see a very important person, and you ain't got a lot to show. And uh, so, it, it, everything gets hard when the product ends up like it is right now, and uh, you just got to keep working. But you've got to you've got to start changing things. These facilities have got to start coming. They've got to. Uh, we've got to spend money on our coaches like the rest of the SEC does. Um, it's hard to sell recruiting, George. Right now, I can vividly remember we weren't winning a lot of games in my time. And in my last two years of recruiting, the fourth year, we were 35th in the country. Uh, the fifth year class, we were 28th in the country. But every SEC team was in front of me, every single one of them. I was still last in the SEC in recruiting. It's, it's a haul, man, and a lot has to be done. We 
it took us too long. We finally got McGugan Center built and, and up to a really nice place when it was built. You remember, it was very nice. Yep. Uh, but it was in the fifth year. It was in the last year that I was there. So it, it's just hard. And when, But when you get to this point, man, you got to dig out and you got to start somewhere. Now, I'm not bringing Vanderbilt baseball into this because I think it's a, a pretty obvious what Tim Corbin has achieved over a 15, 18, 20-year period. It goes without saying that the level of excellence that he's had has been incredible. What has been a shock is not necessarily that Vanderbilt football has been in the toilet, but basketball's been right there with them. Well, let's take a look at these numbers that have been put together. Uh, you'll see at the top Bryce Drew's deal where he went 0-18 in his final regular season at Vandy in the SEC, and then Malcolm Turner fired him after the uh, SEC tournament loss. Jerry Stackhouse has come in, and he's gone, I think, 13, if I add it up, 13 and 39 in SEC play since he's been there. The one area that I would disagree with Candace Lee is the contract extension that she just gave Jerry Stackhouse. For the life of me, I have no idea what it is he's done that has earned that extension. Um, I don't see that there were a bunch of schools pursuing Jerry Stackhouse. Um, you know, what was reported initially to be a six-year contract when he first came here, right now he'd be in year four. To me, it's a good year ahead of decision time on him. And Watson, I don't get it. This, this one baffles me. Well, you if you're comparing it to the history of Vanderbilt basketball, you don't understand it. If you're comparing it to 3 and 0 oh and 18, 3 and 15, 3 and 13, then all of a sudden 7 and 11, there there that year the 7 and 11 it and finally a, a winning record, there is improvement. I would say George this is the year to say if she was right or wrong. Watch this year. If he hits it big and they have a really good season, she did the right thing. If they stay where they are right here and they're around that 7-11 mark, then I'd say that wasn't the right thing to do. She beat the posse because I think the, this fourth, this fourth, his fourth year here coming up would have be the tape to watch, the tale of the tape. And I think it, We'll see. She may know something we don't. I hope and pray they do have a really good year. But you comparing this, George, to you can compare compare the football to the past. Okay, I get it. You compare this to the basketball of the past. Wow, this ain't even close to the history of Vanderbilt basketball. And and we we're all have been privy to some really good basketball at Vanderbilt and Memorial gym through the years and, and, uh, and very proud of it. And so this ain't even close to the past. If you're doing that, man, you know, there shouldn't be another contract till something changes. I think the thing that is most galling is looking at Memorial gym on most game nights. And 
the the Vanderbilt fan that goes back a ways has had to just sort of accept it as the new world order. Um, you know, you might as well tear down the balconies that Clyde Lee built. They're no longer needed. No, and that's you know it it has it has changed. I know back in my time in football. In those latter years, we were selling 26,000 season tickets. Now, uh, Lucy Jones did a great job in the ticket office and all that, but they were also being bought by Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. And I can, you know, George as well as I do, very seldom you'd walk in there and you had the, you had the, when those better teams came to town, you did, all of them weren't your fans in that right. stadium. And we still see that in the travel with the fans, but the Vanderbilt has fallen off. The ticket sales has fallen off. Same thing with Memorial Gym. Is it because the, the, we've fallen off in basketball or is it because of the Preds, the Titans? It's different than it was when you and I were coming sure. through. They had no competition for anything. And that leads me to, man, somehow you got to get out and sell. You got to fight it. And, find a way to sell more because you've got a lot more competition. George, you remember in the old days, the Tennessee and the banner Vanderbilt or Tennessee sports was the headlines every day, right? Every day of the sports page, top headline every day. Now you see them there. You don't even see it really. It's on back pages somewhere. Most of the time, unless there's a big win somewhere. And uh, so there's a lot that's different, that's harder today than it was. But, man, you, you've got to try to find a way to improve it. And this one, to me, is, is more glaring than football because there's kind of been a consistency through football, a, yeah. a break here or there. But this is not consistent to Vanderbilt basketball's past. And it's one of the areas that I give Stackhouse horrible marks. He has been a complete zero in the area of promoting his program. Yeah. Jerry Stackhouse isn't out and about encouraging people to get behind his program. You don't ever see him. You don't ever hear him. He's been a zero in that area. And before I would have extended his contract, I would have made it clear to him what the expectations were that as a head coach, you've got to help us market. There, there, there is no doubt that everybody at Vanderbilt has to get involved in this. The, the, the numbers that come into Memorial Gym, the numbers of Vanderbilt fans that are coming to Dudley Field, and now it's called what? Uh, excuse me. If I, yes, thank you. Um, is way down. And again, I. We, it can be said to the Titans and the Preds and ever, whatever else. Uh, it can be, it could go to that. But you can't just sit there and accept it. You've got what I think is missing, George, that I don't see is not the alums. We've never been deep in alums because they live all over the country. It's the sidewalk walk ups, the community walk ups that you pick up the Vandy Lances, if you want to say the Vandy Lances of the world have just disappeared to me. And some way, somehow those kind of people have got to get back in those two facilities. 
I think if you're being honest, their fan base is now somewhere in the six to 8,000 range. And I think it's the lowest I've ever seen it in my lifetime. And that's discouraging. I get it. When you don't win and you don't win in the two biggies and when your basketball gym's a sauna and it was Monday night, it was embarrassing. Now, the one thing I can't blame this on this new guy, Deermeyer. I don't know the guy. I've met him one time for about 45 seconds. He seems more committed than the last one. Zeppos was a complete zero. Couldn't have cared less about athletics. I blame him for a lot of this because in that 10-year period, when he came in acting like he was going to be a friend to athletics, he was no friend whatsoever. And, you know, they're behind an eight ball. I hope Dear Meyer was in the gym Monday night and came away saying, we got to do something. We cannot treat our our fans as few as we now have. We can't treat our fans like that. George, how many were there in Memorial Gym? I don't it, know, it, Billy, what did they announce? They announced uh, 10,000, a little over 10,000. I would guess probably, what would you say, three were University of Memphis? Yeah, there was a decent amount of blue yeah, in there. Which I knew they'd bring some. Yeah. Which is why I want to see that rivalry continue. Yeah, they'll be in Memphis next year. Yeah. George, George I sit in that gym as a, as a cheer guy, pulling hard for the team as a student, Playing Memphis, remember it like it's yesterday. Oh, yeah. And you, you couldn't get in the place. Yep. We as students had to stand in a line to get in. They And when you hit a certain number, they cut it off. And and the fans, they, it was an unbelievable atmosphere. I think Memphis won the game, best I can remember. But it, it to think that now compared to – when I was there playing Memphis, watching us play Memphis, that's unbelievable. By the way, that's, student that, crowd this, was the best I've seen in several years. Student crowd was great. I mean, they packed it, and I think they've got a little bit of chip on their shoulder after what happened last year. They weren't allowed in the gym for the two biggest games of the season. And now, you know, I think that has them saying, this is the one thing as a Vanderbilt student that that everybody loves. Yeah, that's fantastic. Whatever it takes, you got to start somewhere. If they're getting Bingo. students back now, that's a start. Here's a but, question, George. Uh, well, not really a question, but we had a Facebook comment from Jimmy. I think it's a pretty good one. Okay. He says Bryce Drew was fired too, way too quick. Then the lackluster care about the three point streak ending by Jerry Stackhouse hurt the program. I don't know about the Drew part being fired too quick. But this three-point streak, that was a big – That was a big deal, and um, he might have wanted to rethink how he reacted to it. Anyway, I know we got to run. Uh, we'll get into specifics on Vanderbilt football and get Watson's analysis when we come back. This is Main Street Media Television.
For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier your skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome, used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. So, Watson, let's get into the football team and the analysis of yours on the field. And and I'll start with this. I talked myself into believing they had a shot Saturday night against a pretty average South Carolina. And the truth of it is they weren't anywhere close. No, I I think the talent level is closer 
but you just didn't feel in the game, George. I know what you're saying because I, you didn't feel they were ever going to win the game. It, it, they're, they're there and they're decent, but they're, you never felt like they're going to win the game. And I thought that might be one they could break this string with. And I just hope and pray somehow this string could get broken this year and not have to carry that into a third season for the kids. The pressure of that, as I've said before, I've been in two of those. One of them at Vanderbilt as the offensive coordinator when we broke the long one, the, the 30, I think it's 33 games that we broke at Ole Miss. Yeah. It was a big deal when we broke it. And then I had one at Rice as head coach I walked into, and it was 30-something in a row. And uh, we broke that against TCU and then won immediately the next week. So I hope and pray he gets gets that done. I just believe it's so hard to get George talent to be an upper-level defense in the SEC. That is really hard to do, to get talent levels up to the Alabamas, LSUs, uh, Georgias, to get that kind of defensive talent is really hard. I think it's easier to get the offensive talent to be able to move the ball. I really believe they're going to have to get to where their offense is going to have to average somewhere around 30 a game to be a solid mid-level four and four type SEC team. So they got to keep getting better on defense. Yes. And keep getting better players, but you've got to get better on offense and score more points. I think they can get to that in time, but that's where I think you make up the difference. And, George, the whole thing about Vanderbilt is recruit the best you can. You're never going to be number one in recruiting in the SEC. Ain't going to – probably not going to hit the top level. But be the best you can be. you got to be great developers of talent, great developers, and then you got to win close games. And I lost a lot of close games in my time there. So that's the three pieces. But in my opinion, George, they're going to have to keep getting better on offense and score more points. They're going to have to win games with with the defense giving up some points, I think. I don't think they can win 17-14 consistently. They might win a game here or there that way. But to consistently, the first thing you want to try to do is win one. Second thing you want to try to do is get up to around four and four. See if you can get yourself in the middle of the pack and then try to keep climbing from there. To get to four and four, I think they're going to have to average 30 points a game on offense. So that's where I think they got to keep making the most strides. Okay, let me stop you there. A.J. Swan has now gotten the starting nod, but twice had to go away because of injuries. He will not play against Kentucky. Watson, I think that is a huge problem for them as they try to develop something on offense. George, the offense is where it starts, and it starts by finding a way to keep your quarterback healthy. <laughs> I mean, raise my hand. Here's a guy that's hotter than a firecracker, and we're rolling. And uh, second or third game of start of my junior year, I'm injured and done. You have to find a way to keep your quarterbacks healthy. Whit Taylor, unbelievable. Stayed healthy. Had really good offenses. He was able to stay healthy. Eric Jones, uh, some really good offenses. He was able to stay healthy. He didn't miss a game. 
They're Kyle going to have Schumer. to find ways. They're going to have to find ways. Schumer had he stayed healthy. He did. He did not miss games. Um, so you got to find a way to protect your quarterback and keep him up, uh, because when that guy disappears, man, it's 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 tough. So Watson, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you saying that at the end of the year? They've got to rethink offensive philosophy and maybe go more pass to set up the chance to run. They got to figure out how to score 30 a game. That's all I'm going to say. They got to figure it out. Maybe that's more recruiting. I think the skill level I see getting better. Would you not say that? I think the yeah. offensive skill level is improving. The offensive line's got a long way to go. They've got to keep getting better there. They've got to keep improving a freshman quarterback. I think he has the talent, but they got to keep him on his feet. If he keeps getting hurt, there could be a serious one coming if you're not careful. They cannot get him hurt, George. He's got to stay on the field and keep getting better. Um, I think a lot – I'd look at a lot of different things. Do we need to be more wide open? Uh, I told you as a head coach myself, I was more conservative at Vanderbilt as the head coach calling the plays than I was when I was the offensive coordinator calling the plays. I think you've got to look at everything, but it starts there to me. Get as good as you can get on defense, keep the ball in front of you, don't give up big plays. That's exactly the way the 82 team won That when I was there. Our defense got turnovers. They gave up a lot of yards, got a lot, but kept the ball in front of them, and the offense, I think, broke 55 records. That's what I'm talking about. If you're going to hit it good, the offense has to be the one, in my opinion, George, to take the big step. Um, let, let's close it out this way. Do you see anything really getting better in these final three games? I hope and pray so. Can I say so? Two of the ones they got, they're going to be major underdogs in. Florida is a team that, and for some reason – We've beaten Florida and Nashville. Uh, I did as a head coach. We did as when I was offensive coordinator. Uh, it, it's it's happened recently. I mean, fairly recently. Um, Florida is a team that when they come to Nashville, they don't seem to play real good. So that one might be a shot. Tennessee is really good and I and and can score a lot of points. You you have to outscore Tennessee to beat them. So I think the possibility, unless Kentucky lays an egg this weekend. I wouldn't expect them to, uh, but if they were to. But if not, Florida, Florida. is the shot. Florida yeah. is the shot for them. And, 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 George, when we beat Ole Miss to break the string in 81, Ole Miss had to help us. They yeah. helped us that day. They helped us that day. We we didn't do it all ourselves, I'm telling you. We got a little help to get that uh, off our back. So. Get a little help from a friend. Oh, we got it. And I, I just do this for, for Clark and the guys, and I just like to see them get that off their back because to the fan, it might not be as bad. When it's inside that locker room, man, it just keeps building on you. It's like there's a piano on your back, man. It's, it's a tough thing to get rid of. Stat of the day is coming, and then we're excited to have the executive director of the college football playoff, Bill Hancock, a guy Watson has known for years. I've known him for years. We'll have some fun with him. Want all of you to stick around, because after that, we'll analyze what went on last night 
where Tennessee ended up in the five hole. And most people looking at that are saying there's a real shot they can be in that final four. This is Main Street Media Television. Christmas for Kids is back at the Ryman this November 21st. Christmas for Kids provides children with shopping sprees, coats, and unforgettable experiences every year. This annual fundraising concert helps bring that experience to more kids. This year is hosted by Phil Vassar and includes Chris Young, the frontman, which is Richie McDonald, formerly of Lone Star, Larry Stewart of Restless Heart, Tim Rushlow, formerly of Little Texas, Essex County, and a whole lot more. Christmas for Kids, November 21st. To purchase tickets, go right now to Ryman.com. This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. After sunset, come see more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. All new designs, including mythical beasts, a fantastical North Pole village, even a dragon soaring over your head. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year? I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. The high school football season is here, and nobody handles Friday nights better than Main Street Media. Here's Zach Womble with details. That's the name of the game here at Main Street Media and Main Street Preps. Is, you know, we've been doing this for a long time now, and, and I think you hit on it. We've got an army of reporters across all of Middle Tennessee. I think there's about 130 schools uh, in the Middle Tennessee area, and we cover, we try to cover all of them. We cover about 11, 12 counties at this point. And uh, yeah, those those Friday night shows. It's you know we're gonna we're gonna show we're gonna show that off. We're gonna showcase the talent that we have on the field with with reporters across several mid-state games on the weekly basis. So, you know, whether you're in Williamson County, whether you're in Giles County or Murray County or Montgomery or Robertson or anywhere in between, we're going to have you covered from 6 to 11. Friday Night Live is presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, where fans don't let fans drive drunk. When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned. And what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions. They're perfect for birthdays, groups and corporate outings, and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to strikeandspare.com.
Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several iron mic pitching machines as well as a hit tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, Baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It is now time for Stat of the Day, powered by John English Antique Sports and Cards over in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They've got memorabilia, trading cards, antique and historical sports equipment, games, advertising, and so many other sport-related items. You can visit them Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5. You can also find them online at johnenglishgradedcards.com. Also, Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. You can give Eric a call at 615-490-7052 or visit rockcastlewealth.com for more info. All right, let's get to today's stat of the day. Let's see what Michael's got cooked up. Who is the all-time leader in the NFL for most consecutive starts by an NFL player? Okay, you stay out of this. Watson, why am I thinking it's former Raiders center Jim Otto? I know he's – if somebody hadn't broke it, he had it at one point. Now, that's a long time ago, George. But I know he had that record. He held that record. Okay, so I – I think because he, he held that record and George Blanda held the, the oldest player to play in the NFL, and they were on, both on the same team. Uh, it, it'd have to be somebody that's broke it in recent years. But you think it was Otto at one I know point. he held that record at one yeah. point. Yes. Okay, do you want to go there? Or are you thinking Can somebody else? Can we think else? of anybody? I can't think of anybody. I'm prepared for it to be Jim Otto. Put it up there. Final answer? Yeah. All right. Oh, no. It's a guy that's been in the news. 
pretty yeah. frequently. Mr. Bob Ray. Figured somebody broke it. Brett Favor. And George, we should have started in that position because yeah. in today's the world, easiest. the way they protect them, yeah. uh, it's a different world than it was back when George Blando was playing. Billy, I have fun with this. I did a game of his in college. My Memphis State team played his Southern Miss team. Mm. You say, man, that was a long time ago. How long ago? The game ended in a tie. <laughs> There's a generation, Watson, that has no idea that we used to have ties. Oh, no, no. Well, they were, they were yeah, it's all you had. There wasn't any overtimes. Wasn't no such thing. Yeah. That's what year did that come in? Have we got any clue about that? Um, Mid-80s? No, no, because in 87, they were still doing it. Um, early 90s, I'm guessing. 1996. That's when the NCAA adopted an overtime rule. Fast find on your end. It's amazing how smart you can be with computer information. (laughs) Hey, Watson, while we wait, uh, Bill Hancock is not with us yet, but we got something we can do here. Billy, do good at your reading. I'll try to, George. This is the Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic. Five o'clock hour, they combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere. Whether you've got a sports injury, a sprained ankle, like whatever Darren McFarland has, or a major joint replacement, MTBJ has the staff training and equipment needed to take care of any patient in any circumstance. Visit them on the web at mtbj.net for more information. Well, I have no doubt that Darren appreciates your throwing his name into that. I'm sure he will. Let's put up, um, and and obviously we're in a little bit of a holding pattern on Bill Hancock, and as soon as he joins us, we'll put him on with you. Let, let's look at what went on last night with the college football playoff committee. Here is their 1 through 12. Watson, give me some thoughts. Tennessee couldn't be sitting any better. That's my thought. I mean, they can't. George, I think they're better off losing the game, sitting where they are, than if they'd won the game. <laughs> I swear. Because they'd have to win an SEC championship or they could fall out of the top four. And now they're first man in, and Michigan or Ohio State's going to lose a game. They play each other here in two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. It'd be near two and a half weeks. Uh, the, uh, and TCU's got to go to Texas and go to Baylor. And I don't see but one team that could catch them, and that's Oregon, and I don't believe they can. I don't think Oregon can pass them. All Tennessee has to do, in my opinion, is to win the last three and have a little style, style points with it. And they're in because one of those top two are going to go out. A lot of people say, well, Michigan might not drop past four. Depends on how that game goes. If they get beat a couple of touchdowns or more, they're sure out. But I'm not sure if Tennessee wins out that they would stay in front of Tennessee. And the other piece is is TCU. It's going to be hard for TCU to beat Texas on the road, beat Baylor on the road, and win the Big 12 championship. They've got to win all three of those to stay in the top four, in my opinion. George, can I throw a scenario on you guys? Well, sure. What if LSU wins out here in the regular season? They beat Georgia in Atlanta. 
are are they in? I mean, I was talking about that with somebody. You want today. one phrase? Forty to thirteen. Right. I think it kills them. So you think no matter what they do, they have no shot? I well, think that's the expert. Oh, that's what I'm asking. I'm not yeah. an expert by any means, but I, I don't know. Because you got recent you got two bias, losses, and, then- and if they bumped two, two losses in front of a Tennessee that beat the fool out of them, mm-hmm. I mean, embarrassed them in their stadium. I don't see them putting LSU with two losses in front of Tennessee, guys. I don't see it. I don't either. So they're kind of like a Clemson or an Alabama, basically. They're, they I, I really think they're, they're on the outside looking in and praying for a lot of bad things to go down in front of them. Right. That's First what of all, the right-hand column has to have what, – what's the commercial where the guy who's so good talks about mayhem, yeah. the, the insurance guy? You know who's in the All car, and, yeah, and he's and he's, you know, running into other cars on purpose. I <laughs> see, I see no way for Clemson to get there because the rest of their schedule, they're not going to play anybody other than maybe my brother that's even ranked. So mm-hmm. I mean, they got here the one that's got the shot to me is Ole Miss. If Ole Miss beats Alabama Saturday at home, all of a sudden they're going to shoot up around Oregon. It's going to be up in that area somewhere and then watch out for them because then they could be the one to play in the SEC championship game from the West. So They're they still- got, they got a huge game Saturday that keeps them around. If they were to find a way to knock off Alabama. There's still so much to happen. I mean, there's so well, much. Every one of these on the right, but two Alabama and LSU got two losses. Everybody else has got one. So they're not out of the picture with one loss. You're not out of the picture with one loss. But nobody's got an easier route to get there, guys, than Tennessee. I mean, they play Missouri. Yeah. They play the they play the bottom schools, guys. They play Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Jeez. I mean, they're the ones sitting in the catbird seat, in my opinion. So Watson, let me let me uh let me kind of go with this for a second. Um we we sort of believe that Ohio State, Michigan, unless it's a barn burner, one of those is going to drop out. Unless yeah. it's a barn burner, and, and, and the furthest up possible is four at the best, but probably drop out. Yes. Okay. We also, you and I agree that man, if TCU can go to Texas and to Baylor. You tip your hat and say, man, job well done. I'll believe they win both of those games when I see it. Well, and then don't forget the Big 12 championship. They ain't won that yet either. If they lose one, they're out. Their resume is not good enough. They're there because they're undefeated. So if they lose one, they fall out of Tennessee. Tennessee bumps them immediately if they lose one. And they've got three games that are no gimmies coming up. Okay. Then do you believe, because I guess I have not bought into Oregon really having a shot at this. Team gets beat 49-3. to It's hard to imagine a team that gets beat 49-3 to being able to come off the mat and get back into this playoff system. But Watson... Is there a scenario where it's Georgia 
the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, and Oregon. Yeah, if they went out. If Oregon beats UCLA and Southern Cal, if they play them both, uh, if they don't play them both, they'll probably catch one of those in the champion in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, so yeah, Oregon is most definitely still in the mix, and and I think USC is still in the mix. UCLA schedule has been so weak, and they had some close games against well South Alabama. Should have beat them. So I think it's harder for UCLA, but Oregon's got to beat some pretty good teams. The TCU, and I'm pointing at the screen, the TCU people would be better off not in the Big 12 championship game because that game could knock them out. If they stay undefeated, they're in. But but by going to that game, it could knock them out. If Tennessee had one loss, they're better off not going to the SEC championship game. They're better off not having to play that game and take a chance on losing it. They're better off sitting right where they are right now. Do you believe there is committee bias toward Alabama? I, I just think there's an image bias that's because they've earned it, but it's not fair to, to put the past in the now but it's hard not to as human beings. They've been so good for so long here. And betting six, I mean, Nick himself has won six, five of them there, right? Yeah. Five of them at Alabama. It's hard just to, it'd be like to me, George, here's UCLA back in the day. Under yeah, Tom they Wood. lost two, but we can't throw them out. We got to keep them around. I, I take up for it, but it's not right. It's not fair. Alabama should be done. But it's they human nature that they're probably still hanging around the periphery. Do you see any scenario where they can get themselves back truly into the discussion? A lot of people have to lose. There got to be a lot of one-loss teams go to two losses. They would move up to the top of the ladder with the two-loss teams. But with one-loss teams in front of them, I see no way. LSU's got one loss in the division uh, to, to win the division. Alabama's got two. LSU has to lose twice, George, not to go to the SEC championship. Right. They've got to lose two more times. I don't see that happening. They, so Alabama, I don't think, is going to get in the championship game at the SEC championship. I don't see any path. They've got to have a bunch of people lose games. I mean, a bunch of people lose. What path, what path does Georgia have? Go ahead and put that thing back up there, Billy, if you can. What path does Georgia have that they're not in? I, I mean, we've all look, pretty much put them in. They, well, they don't, they don't play anybody else, so they're, they're, they're like Tennessee. They're home free till the SEC championship game. And then if they got embarrassed against LSU might be the only way you'd say they get bumped out. I think they could lose to LSU in a real close game and still be in. I do. I think that. And there's a precedent for that. I think. Haven't we had a number one get beat on championship week and still get in? I think twice. I think it happened to Alabama once, didn't it? That's what I thought. Um, I, it may have happened to Ohio State once. I, I I thought it's happened twice where somebody lost late but still got in. 
Yeah. Um, it was Ohio State because TCU and Baylor were sitting there with great cases to get in, and Ohio State got in over them. They did end up winning it all, but that that was definitely one of them. I thought I, thought I remembered that. Uh, one lost teams, George – can sneak in two lost teams. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't. It's it has not been since I think 2006 when we had the BCS where a two loss LSU got in, yep. and I think. But that uh, wasn't I, national championship, right? That wasn't no, the final. It was, well, it was BCS. But but were we playing? Did we play two games? Did they have the? No, no. that's what I mean. It's a little different with the BCS. I see that as a possibility, but. Now, the way they're doing it, look at all the one losses that would have to go to two losses. Number 10, Clemson ain't going to go to two. Lo- well, I take that back. They could lose to my brother. Attaway. They could lose to my brother. They could. So they could have two losses. Ole Miss probably will. They will by Saturday. Uh, they're 11-point underdogs, I think, or double-digit, whatever it is. Southern Cal is not very good on defense. UCLA – not very good on defense. When you're not very good on defense, you got a chance to lose another game. So this thing is still up in the air. But who would you pick on the board that's sitting any better than the Big Orange? I can't name one. Only Georgia. The four in front of them. Maybe Georgia. They better not get embarrassed. Tennessee's not going to play anybody like LSU. They're not, not playing Georgia has the to SEC. play an LSU. Not playing in the title game will be a benefit to Tennessee, I think. I'm telling you, Tennessee not playing in that game. I promise you, if TCU wins the next two, they'd love to not have to play in it. Oh, God, you know it. Because then they'd be in, but then they got to still win that game to get in. And Tennessee's sitting there, go to it, boys. Now, they better take care of business. They don't want to flounder around. And, and I mean, they sure don't want to lose one because then they're done. But even if they let one play them real close, that's going to hurt them bad. They've got to win, and they've got to do it with some style points. We're going to come back. We are efforting to get Bill Hancock in. Not sure exactly what has happened yet. But when we come back, whether he is with us or not, we've got an angle to show you about all this that I think is really going to get your attention. Stick around. This is Main Street Media Television. selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. 
I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com. Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Castle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com. Well, we got a little breaking news that maybe I'm the only one that cares about it, but Billy, have at it. Jake Odorizzi, Atlanta Braves pitcher, has uh, been traded for Rangers pitcher Colby Allard. Good. First of all, this is addition by subtraction. He was a total dud (laughs) when they got him. Did absolutely nothing to help that team. Colby Allard is a former Brave who apparently they are a little higher on than I realized because they sought to get him back. Um, this is, I guess, organizational pitching depth, cheaper salary, potentially a better pitcher than Jake Odorizzi. I think it's a good move. Yeah. I mean, got I nothing to lose. Yeah. So Watson. What? Okay. Going to have some fun here. 
I have believed, and I think you have too, that this was a year that a 12-team playoff would really work because some of your biggest blue bloods are sitting just below that four and don't seem to have a window to get back in. You'd buy that? Oh, that's what I was going to hit Bill with. What a perfect year for them to sell the 12 because this is it. Yeah. This is it. And we'd all love to see it because we'd like to see Alabama still in it. We'd still like to see Clemson still in it. Uh, We'd like to see a hot LSU get there uh, and and be in it. So, yeah, I 100% think this is a great year for the 12. So, Watson, I'm going to play TV executive here in a minute. Woo! Yeah. I'm going to determine start times. You ready? You like that? Go for it. Okay. Remember, these would be, in theory, games that are on home campuses, right? Isn't that what they're talking about? Right. That you're 5 through 12, and this is based on yesterday. This is just simply based on yesterday and, and how all this stuff would go down. So just like the NCAA basketball tournament, a five would get a 12, an 11 would get a six, a seven plays a 10, and an eight plays a nine. So let's just say for argument's sake that we're playing these games uh, Saturday, December the 16th. You ready, Watson? I'm ready. Yeah. TV executive here. Our first game will be the noon matchup. UCLA at Tennessee. I would think this year, that's a big ratings getter. Two high-octane offenses, uh, two new groups that have suddenly gotten a lot of attention. That's a TV ratings deal, isn't it? Yep. That one is. That's why you'd hate to see it at noon, because I think it it would draw a lot of eyeballs later on. My 2.30, 3 o'clock game is Alabama at Southern Cal. Mm. Think that one would draw some people? That will draw people. That's two of your old-timers, forevers. Absolutely, that one would draw huge. Visions of Sam Bam Cunningham. Yeah, but I don't think it's Sam Bam playing that <laughs> Alabama. They're not running that offense anymore. Uh-uh. No. My 6 o'clock game, because I think uh, we need to have LSU and Tiger Stadium under the lights. You have to. We need to let these people get absolutely snockered. Christmas eggnog, if you will. <laughs> Clemson. At LSU. I don't think they're drinking eggnog, by the way. <laughs> well, I'm not sure they are either. Watson, do you think that one does fairly good numbers? That uh, one will do big numbers. Go Tigers, both sides. That's right. <laughs> Tigers against the Tigers. And then our 9 o'clock game would be Ole Miss at Oregon. If you were to decide to put them all, you know, in one day. Now, you would have the option, since I am playing TV executive, to have two of the games on Friday night, two of the games on Saturday night, 
And believe and me, that's it. what it would be. And have it all in prime time. Yeah, that's what it would be. At which point, UCLA, Tennessee would be a Friday night at six. Yep. You think the strip in Knoxville would enjoy that? They'd love it. Then we'd have Ole Miss, Oregon at nine o'clock on Friday. Then we would probably go, we're going to rearrange things a little. Five o'clock because it gets dark much earlier. Five o'clock will be Clemson LSU on Saturday. Eight o'clock, Alabama at USC. Any problem with TV? Hey, any problem with TV ratings there? None whatsoever. These venues. A lot of money will be paid for these games. That's why this is going to happen. We will have a 12 team playoff. Too many dollars can be thrown around through all this. Think of where you're going here, Billy. I know where you're going. Neyland Stadium. The 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 thing in Oregon, Autzen, I think is the Aut- name of Autzen it. Stadium. One of the loudest places going. Yeah. Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, right there with Neyland Stadium. And then the old LA Coliseum with that band playing that same song a hundred times. <laughs> Great so, venues. Watson, I don't know. You know, I don't know what it is that that is being worked on right now with the networks about carrying this stuff. But I would think as you try to sell, does a 12-team playoff work? This year, those matchups, based on the standings from yesterday, holy cow. Well, and then, then look at what comes after it. Five plays four. So whoever four would be would be playing Tennessee because Tennessee would be favored to win. Then six plays two, seven plays eight. I mean, you could still, one right. would be playing eight, which Alabama would beat Southern Cal right now. So Georgia and Alabama would be playing, and it ain't even semifinals yet. It's quarterfinals. You you could have some good games, man. Mm. Well, telling I, you. a question that I – I don't know that, you know, Bill Hancock would answer this, but how much say do the TV networks have in picking the four-team playoff and then down the road the 12-team playoff and those matchups? Who's in? Well, yeah, who's in, but all, yeah. They, I mean, get I any. they wouldn't get any. I think you have to be very careful that that is emphatically the answer. Yeah. I don't know that it is. I don't think they'd have any say in who gets in. No. We'll see because if it comes down to a, you know, a Tennessee or a TCU, and then you know, that if TCU is undefeated, does Tennessee still have a case over TCU? No. If TCU is four, there's three in front of them, and they go undefeated. Tennessee ain't getting in. Listen, here, here's the thing: if everybody all- else, that ain't gonna happen though, Billy, because Ohio State or Michigan is gonna lose. So there's going to be some form of change in that top four. And you, think who, and you think whoever loses Ohio State, Michigan, they're definitely out. And then I do, unless, on, unless it it's just on. one hell of a game. Right. It's just one hell of a game. I think that team would be out. Now, Kurt Herbstreit says no. He thinks they'll both get in no matter what. That's a Big Ten guy talking. No matter what? That's what? what he said. He thinks that if it's a, just a solid game – Michigan and Ohio State will both get in. 
Michigan might go to four, but they'll get in. Billy, the one thing to remember in a proposed 12-team playoff, all you're doing is taking the controversy and lowering the number. All of a sudden, the controversy will be on teams 10 through 16. You're dead right, George. It's always going to be there. It is in basketball. Sure. But where's the controversy always? There is some in seedings, but mostly it's who gets in. In the bubble. In the bubbles, yeah. I mean, for instance, a Utah is going to fight like all get out to try to get into the 12 over a USC or a UCLA. The problem is, at least right now, they've already lost to them. Right. They've lost to to Southern Cal. I don't think they've played UCLA. But you're always going to have controversy. All you do in a 12-team playoff is lower the mix. For instance, the loser of Ohio State and Michigan, Watson, would you agree, would not be nearly as bothered, although they'll fight to be in that four. They know before they ever play that game that in a 12-team playoff, they're going to be in. Yeah, and I think, George, it makes games late in the year mean so much more. Think about my brother at 15. He knows he's got to beat Clemson to get in. Yes. That game would really mean something then. Uh, Alabama still can get in. They got to win out. They it, All the games down the stretch for Southern Cal, LSU, Oregon, they mean so much more to me for more teams. And the more teams that means to, then the better the season is, the way I look at it. Alabama Ole Miss becomes an elimination game. Very much so. Very much so. The debate that I love is Tennessee and Oregon. How much stock do you put into Tennessee only losing by two touchdowns, Oregon lost by four or five? But that was the first game of the season. If it comes down to – if it if it does come down to that, you you want an ugly theory on that, Watson? Yeah, I think Tennessee benefited from that sudden rainstorm. Yes, because all of a sudden Georgia—not that they dialed it back, but they went almost exclusively running game. Well, they didn't throw they didn't throw double digit passes in the second half, George. Yeah, but outcomes outcome. That's the way they look at it now, and. I, Tennessee is ahead of Oregon for right now because of that, but Tennessee's strength of schedule is also better. Oregon's strength of schedule could catch them if they play both Southern Cal and UCLA. Now that now they might catch up a little. So there, there's a lot left. But wouldn't it be a lot more fun to have 12 of them right now and all yes. these people fighting to get in the 12 than of just course. the four? We, yeah. we need it now. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm getting at. I think all I wanted to do was bring to light that if we ever do go to a 12-team playoff, based on last night's announcements, and that's all it's based on right now, those would be your matchups in the first week. Really good. Unbelievably good ones. Yeah, and you remember, George, back when this all first started talking, we said, well, there might be some bad games. There ain't no bad games in that bunch. None in that. No. And with Alabama – and with the top of college football sort of evening back up, it's going to get even better. It with has this year. Yeah. So this is, back year, up this year. this is the year where you sit there and say, man, it'd be nice to have it. Bring this it year. on. 
Watson, do you believe they would go home campus first weekend? Yes, I think that's what will happen. Because they know their fans can't keep paying to go to all these games. And yeah. so they, they got to put some of them on campus or they're going to break their fans. And they know if the fans can't go, it's going to hurt the crowds. And, and the one thing to look at here, guys, still, though, there is no group of five in here. Yeah, I, I Everybody was Everybody has been saying, you get it down to 12, a group of five. Well, they're not. They're not right now. There's not a group of five in the top 12. Technically, Chris Yao actually commented in, technically Tulane would be in in the new in the you know in the 12 team this year. Because of because the, of the, the group of five, the conference they're being in. Being guaranteed. Yes. Yeah. So and see, I don't like that. I just don't like that. I still want to see the best teams play. I'm and I'm a group of five guy. I've been a head coach at group of fives. I ain't been, well, I was a head coach at one power five. So, but I, I, but I just want the best twelve teams playing, guys. That's what I want to see. I want to see these games right here. This is when I think it's worth it. When I look at this right here, yeah. Adding the group of five feels like a little bit of unnecessary chaos down the road. Because well. There might be some teams from that 10, 11, 12 mark that feel like they're in, but you get put in over a group of five right. school. Well, so. you know, into each life, some rain must fall. But this is pretty good stuff. And it <laughs> was pretty good right here showing you what would be there. We'll go to the break. Hopefully, we can get Bill Hancock on sometime in the near future. I, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened here, although we'll knowing get him, Bill, yeah, we'll get yeah, I'm sure he ended up in some scenario where he got incredibly busy. Yeah. Either way, we'll wrap things up with the plaster bet of the day. When we come back, this is Main Street Media Television. Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several Iron Mike pitching machines as well as a Hit Tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. See more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned. And what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions, 
They're perfect for birthdays, groups and corporate outings, and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to strikeandspare.com. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Complete service heat and air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have warm air throughout those cold winter months. Complete service heat and air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson Counties. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care. With 16 subspecialized physicians, our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. Christmas for Kids is back at the Ryman this November 21st. Christmas for Kids provides children with shopping sprees, coats, and unforgettable experiences every year. This annual fundraising concert helps bring that experience to more kids. This year is hosted by Phil Vassar and includes Chris Young, the frontman, which is Richie McDonald, formerly of Lone Star, Larry Stewart of Restless Heart, Tim Rushlow, formerly of Little Texas, Essex County, and a whole lot more. Christmas for Kids, November 21st. To purchase tickets, go right now to Ryman.com. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care. With 16 subspecialized physicians, our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch.
It is now time for Plaster's Bet of the Day, powered by Bart Durham Injury Law. Since 1975, Bart Durham Injury Law has aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging onto their website. That's bartdurham.com. George, big time win last night with the two team teaser. My goodness, it was, let's see, forgetting the teams right now. It was um, Eastern Michigan and Toledo. I didn't even watch those games, but you got the win. Watson, because of that, we're now at 48.5%. Told you, don't go below 48. And I, I, oh, I know it. I, rats jump off the ship, bud. You get the, that. Right. You see those rats jump off that ship, you get below 48. We were getting some votes of confidence when I'd gotten within one game of 500. <laughs> um, tonight is not an easy one. All these Mac games, and by the way, once you go Mac, you can never go back. I've used that before. Yeah, yeah. It's getting a little old to you. <laughs> so are you and me. <laughs> Thank you for at least putting you in it. Oh, yeah. So That's nuts because usually I, you I, don't do that. I didn't no. expect that last part and me, Watson. Yeah, I, I just so, want to say thank you for putting you in it. I've never heard that before. You're welcome. So um, the three games tonight that are in the MAC are all single-digit uh, really close call kind of stuff. Buffalo, Central Michigan, gosh, Bowling Green, and somebody. that That's a big help to you. Um, anyway, they're all in that like one to three point range. Stay I just it. didn't feel confident about any of them. Stay away. Yeah. So we are resorting to the association. Two really bad teams this year so far. They hate each other. This is a big rivalry game. The Clippers hate the fact that the Lakers have sort of been their daddy for a long time. And now all of a sudden the worm has turned a little bit and the Clippers are the better team. And I think anytime they get the chance to stuff it down the Lakers' throat, Watson, that's exactly what they're going to do tonight. Hmm. Yeah, you stay up late and watch it. No, I'll look at the score in the morning. I'm not as confident with you on this one. Really? No, I'm not as confident with you. Well, who would you have taken tonight? I hadn't even looked at the Mac. So. <laughs> and and I won't see any of those games either. Wow, those are all 6 o'clock. No, you got bedtime at 645? I think I'll pass. Dinner at four? I just, I just kind of fall asleep <laughs> through those Mac games sometimes. <laughs> well, I'll say this about the Mac games. This is There are three things in life that are guaranteed. Death, taxes, and if you go to one of those games late, there are seats available. <laughs> and the fans there look like they're out of their look minds. Look like they're frozen. Well, you see a bunch of people with shirts off and – it's but ridiculous. I'll say this. My buddy John Steinbrecher, the commissioner of the MAC, 
this was a great marketing tool. Oh, that's, oh yeah. That was we, good he did that. That yeah, helped. We them. know that's more about, about the best he could do. That's yeah. about the best he could have done for that conference. We know more about the Mac than we want to know. <laughs> that's, that's probably great. a good statement. <laughs> yeah. So, Watson, for the record, before we get out of here, 66 and 70 is 48.529%. What happens if you lose tonight? Do that one real quick before we go. Okay. If you um, go below 48, the rats will start jumping off the ship. 48.2. Okay. So you're still okay. Yeah. You're still okay. I'm going to win tonight. Now, you're this. not going to be around to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, will you, though, George? How long? How long are you going to be able to survive? I'm going to throw that back when it's you. They'll have curfew at the old folks' home. <laughs> What's the, the over under? Does George make it to the half? Uh, I'd say it's 50 50, <laughs> honestly. I'd I can tell you zero. Because I got to be honest, there have been a couple of games I have fallen asleep on recently that have shocked me. A couple of really good games that, like, Oh, it's over. What happened? I, I got a real comfortable chair, George. It's, it's pretty easy for me. So technically tonight, the Clippers are the home team, but it's on the same. It's at the yeah, Staples it's, it's Center. Yeah, at the Staples Center. How do they do? Do they do the tickets differently? Yeah, for, the, the if it's the Clippers home game, it's their season ticket holders. Gotcha. If it's the Lakers, then you see Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I think the show's about over. And I'm sure they got two different floors, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Watson, stay well. Rest well. I'll see if I can stay awake, George. I'll fight <laughs> it for you tonight, bud. You do that. Billy, George. if you fall asleep early tonight, I want you to report that. I will. Yeah, I'll, I don't I'll think, have, I'll I don't have think you will. I'll have a report beginning of the show tomorrow. I think game. you'll lie about it. <laughs> We're out of here. See you tomorrow, underdog picks. The only person that's happy is Darren. See you tomorrow.